Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Today, I want to continue on in our series entitled Rooted. We spent a number of weeks, and how many of you are part of one of our Rooted groups? Let me see a hand. Okay, a number of people in the house today. Uh, we, we are on this journey. We are a couple of weeks away from landing the plane on this part of our journey with Rooted. And today, I'm going to talk about a subject that is not just near and dear to my heart, but it's really at the epicenter of God's heart and his mission and his plan. And I would remind us, listen, all of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, all of us who are here today are here because of the reach of Jesus. Today, I want to spend the next few minutes sharing with you a message that I've entitled, A Risky Reach. A Risky Reach. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of us recognize, some of us, we were a risky reach when it came to God. We... We, we did not necessarily have all the track record and all the things that maybe you would think God would want. But he chose. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 10. He outlines and he understands the purpose for which he came. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek. Can you say seek? The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. See, even Jesus in his words here, he's reminding us that our greatest need wasn't for some inspirational teaching. Our greatest need wasn't for some more religious content. Our greatest need was a rescuer. And the good news that I have for each and every one of us today is that God provided a rescuer. His name is Jesus. And the mission that he started all those years ago, he is still busy on that mission. What I love is he doesn't welcome us to just watch the mission. He welcomes us to get involved in his mission. So today, I'll take a few minutes and talk about a risky reach. Listen, as we begin, how many of you have ever found yourself in a situation, in a moment that felt a little bit risky? Anybody else? Now, my guess is there's some of us today, whether we're online, whether we're in the house, we would consider ourselves natural born risk takers. Come on, where are my risk takers at? I know, I know you're here. My guess is there's more of you in this crowd than there was at our 8.30 gathering, but risk takers, come on, you know you're a risk taker if every time you're driving your car and there's a turn and there's that yellow sign with the speed limit on it, you say to yourself, I can beat it. Come on, where are you at? I know you're here. That's, that's some people. You're like, that's just a recommendation. By God's grace, I can double it, right? That's, that is a risk taker. There's others of us, though. We're not, we're not natural born risk takers. We're more of the play it safe. Where's my play it safe, people? All right, a few of us, a little play. Yeah, right. <laughs> play it safe. Uh, you know, I would say by myself, by the way, my friend Mark is sitting up here and he just raised his hand. This dude does everything fast, (laughs) everything fast. Uh, But but for me, I would say my natural leaning, I'm a little bit more of a play it safe person. And this actually manifested itself a number of years ago. I was in Eastern Washington speaking at a youth camp and hanging out with a few friends who were youth pastors. 
and it was a beautiful, hot, eastern Washington summer day. Man, the sun was out, the water was perfect, and one of my friends, he actually, his family lived on the lake just down from the camp. He invited me and another friend to go cliff jumping. And I remember in that moment, getting that invitation, I was like, you know, guys, I would love to, but I, I need to spend the next three hours praying. You know, I, I was looking for any excuse to get out of this, and there was nothing that I could do to get out of it. They said I was going. And so we journey down the road and end up, and we walk out to this cliff that they're trying to convince me to be okay with jumping off of. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, guys, I don't know. This, this seems kind of risky. Can you say risky? It, it felt kind of risky. And all of a sudden, my friend Micah, he runs, he jumps out, and he's now in the lake treading water saying, come on, guys. My friend Jared runs, jumps out, and, and now they're both in the water treading water. And this feels like my moment to escape. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm ready to make a break for it. But I, I realize as I want to run away, if I leave now, I will never live this down. So they're calling out, come on, Tyler. And I, I'm, I'm in this moment. I'm like, okay, um, man, I really don't want to do this. So I start, you know, quoting scripture to myself, taking scripture out of context. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than the height of this cliff. You know, I'm, I'm just quoting scripture however I can. And finally, I just three, two, one, and I, I run and I jump. And I hit the water and I'm like, man, I am so thankful that I got that out of the way. Because it felt risky. We get up on the dock and they're like, all right, that was the warm up. You ready to do the real one? I said, what, what do you mean? Like that, do you realize how much of my life that just took to do that? And they go, no, 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 Tyler, that was the training wheels. We're going to do the real one. I said, where's the real one? And they just point. And now I'm hunting for any excuse. And the problem is I would have faked an emergency cell phone call, but we're swimming. So they know I don't have my phone. And we hike up to the top of this cliff. And remember, it's a beautiful summer day hot out. But as we get to the higher cliff, all of a sudden, you, you ever been on a high cliff and it feels like hurricane force winds are blowing all of a sudden? Now, it wasn't really windy, but it just, it felt windy up there. And I, I walk out to the edge and I'm, I'm just kind of tentative looking over and I notice something just below the surface of the water. There's, there's some boulders. I said, guys, this, this doesn't look smart. And they look at me and they say, no, Tyler, just jump out. And I was like, oh, thanks for clarifying that. I was, I was just going to jump straight down into the rocks, you know. And Micah goes, just, just watch me. And he, he runs and he jumps out. And I'm waiting for him to hit the water. And he finally hits it. And then all of a sudden, my friend Jared just goes for it, jumps way out and lands. And, and he's now in the water. And again, I, I'm conflicted. Why? Because everything within me, I want to carefully climb backwards down the cliff. But friends, there's no way I will ever live this down. And so I'm praying for an excuse. I'm, I'm saying to Jesus, Jesus, this would be a great time for your return. Just rapture us right now. You know, like, let's, let's just get out of here. 
And, and as I'm kind of walking through this dynamic and thinking about all of this and going back and forth, whether or not it's worth the risk, there's a couple of kayakers that come along the shoreline and they stop and they're watching me. And I didn't know it at the moment, but one of the people in the kayak was Micah's grandmother. And I, I'm getting ready and I'm thinking, man, I, I don't know if I should do this. And all of a sudden, I, I see her get ready to, to shout what I thought was going to be encouragement. And she yells, I hear this voice from the kayak say, come on, you pansy, jump! <laughs> and in that moment, you realize you have no option, right? And so I, I back up and I'm like, all right, Jesus, here we go. And I, I run out and, and I finally jumped. Friends, I did not want to take the risk. But here's what I learned after that. It, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was, it was fun. The, the risk didn't seem like it was worth it, but I, I learned something that day. Let's be honest, as, as humans, we like to limit risk, don't we? We like to minimize risk. We, we want to know the outcomes. We want to be in control. And even through this last season, we've, we've all discovered the dynamic of how committed we are to, to limit risk. But here's what I want us to understand today about Jesus and his reach. You see, there's always a level of risk involved with reach. There's always a level of risk involved with reach. And today, why is that so important? Well, here's why that's important for us to understand. There is no one too risky or beyond the reach of Jesus. There's no one too risky. Some of us, we, we've kind of self-diagnosed as we look at our own lives and we say, God, I, I know you love people, but man, I... I feel like I'm too far gone. I feel like I've do, done too much. I, I feel like there's no hope for somebody like me. But today, as we look to Mark chapter two in just a moment, it's critical that we understand there is no one that is too risky for Jesus. Not only that, there's no one beyond his reach. That's good news for us. See, as we look to Mark chapter two, there's a story of Jesus as he's teaching a crowd and he in, encounters a man named Levi, who later he's, he will be called Matthew. It says this in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 13. He, speaking of Jesus, went out again beside the sea. And all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. Come on, can you say those two words? Follow me. He said, follow me. And Levi, he rose and he followed him. And as he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. It's interesting. We read this story. Jesus, he he notices this man named Levi. And because of his occupation, he's, he's working for Rome foreign nation that's now occupying the area of Israel. And Levi, as, as a Jew, is working for the enemy. 
And so to his fellow countrymen, he, he would have been an outcast. He would have been an outsider. And, and yet Jesus looks at this man and, and he doesn't just preach at him. He actually invites him to follow him. Jesus isn't inviting him for a nice walk on the beach, friends. He's, he's literally saying, come and be my disciple. Jesus is welcoming him in to relationship. A man who, who should have been out of bounds. And not only that, it doesn't just stop with the individual. Because we see in the next scene, all of a sudden, Jesus is in the house. And there's not just one tax collector with all of his disciples. There's, there's many tax collectors and many what? Sinners. Sinners. Some of us, we, we don't like that word, do we? But here's the dynamic. I, I will never apologize for using a word that scripture simply says is what it is. And, and what is a sinner? A sinner is anybody who misses God's mark. So that's all of us. We've all missed the mark. It says, here's Jesus. He's, he's in this house. Many tax collectors and sinners are reclining with Jesus and his, his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, these are the religious people, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Doesn't Jesus get it? Doesn't he understand? Doesn't he notice who these people are? These people should not be included in his circle. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, Jesus understands the purpose of his assignment. I came as a physician for those who are sick by the, the grip of sin in their lives. I didn't come for those. And what's, what's ironic about this conversation that he's having with the Pharisees and the scribes is, is they're saying, Jesus, don't you understand those type of people? Jesus, don't you get it? And Jesus is saying, listen, I didn't come for those who, like you, think they're okay. See, the Pharisees from the outside, man, they, they have everything put together. They have all the right actions, they have all the right attitudes, they have all the right responses, but, but the challenge is on the inside, so the real eternal, internal dynamics, Jesus says, yeah, on the outside you look great, but on the inside you're full of death. What does Jesus say? I, I, I've come to, to heal the sick from the inside out. The Pharisees can't understand. The, all those people on the outside, Jesus, they don't look like they should belong. Jesus says, no, no, no I'm doing a work on the inside. The transformation, it starts on the inside. See, we look at this story in Mark chapter 2, and I want to remind us of the risk that's taking place with Jesus as, as he makes this reach. Levi, hated by his countrymen, an outcast, a traitor, a, a sinner. Not only him, but other tax collectors, other notorious Sinners are there hanging out with Jesus. And, and the scandal of it all, they're actually eating together. They're sharing a meal. You see, in this culture, you did not break bread with people who you didn't accept into your circle. You would never do it. 
And yet we see Jesus, we see his disciples in the midst of the tension. And take a moment to notice a few things that Jesus did. I want to talk about three of them. Number one is this, Jesus, he reached. Can you say reached? Jesus reached. He calls Levi to follow. In other words, he he calls him to become a disciple. This is crazy. Levi, he he didn't change his occupation before Jesus called him. No, no, no. He says, Levi, get up. Come on, follow me. We got some stuff to do. Levi was out of bounds. He was off limits. Why? Because of his choices. Because of his lifestyle. Because of his occupation. And yet, Jesus, he makes this risky reach. Today, listen, I am here because of a reach. I'm here because of the reach of Jesus. And not only that, but I am here because there was individuals who became an extension of that reach of Jesus into my life. See, when I was young, I had a a children's pastor who was an extension of the reach of Jesus into my life. When I was a teenager, I I had a youth pastor who was an extension of the reach of Jesus into my life. I had godly parents who were an extension of the reach of Jesus. I had friends around me who were the extension of the reach of Jesus. What about you? Man, who of us today who are followers of Jesus can say, you know what, I brought myself here. I got myself here. How quickly we forget. No, it was the reach of somebody who brought that place of truth, of the grace of God to us that left everything transformed in our lives. See, I noticed Jesus that that he reached. But not only did he reach, Jesus received. Can you say received? received? Jesus received. Jesus didn't stop with just an invitation. Man, how many times have I been guilty of of just extending an invitation? Hey, you should come to church with me sometime. Jesus didn't say to Levi, hey, Levi, come on, let's just go for a walk and then stop at that. Jesus not only reached, he, he received him into his life. You see, sharing a meal in this culture, it, it was a layer and a level of intimacy that we lose in our modern culture. You would never have a meal with somebody who would have been off limits. You would never break bread with an individual like that. I want you to to imagine with with all the polarization going into our culture, this would very much be like two people on the opposite extremes getting together and just enjoying one another's company. How many know that feels a little bit far-fetched, doesn't it? Yet that's exactly what Jesus is doing in this moment. This is amazing to me. Why? Because it, it appears like Jesus is willing to receive people before they even fully receive him. He, he welcomes them in, he, even in their skepticism, even while they're still broken, even while they still have question marks. Jesus is saying, listen, I, I've, I've come as a physician. I'm not insecure about who I am. I'm not insecure about who you are. Jesus, he, he welcomes people in. In other words, listen, aren't you thankful that God in the grace of Jesus provides us a place to belong even before our behavior catches up? Oh, yeah. See, that's the good news. 
Before Levi gets his act together, before all of his friends get their acts together, Jesus is is expressing, listen, I've not only reached you, I'm also allowing you to be received by me. In other words, you can belong even before your behavior catches up. Some of us, we get uncomfortable when I say a statement like that. But rewind the tape with me for a moment. How many of you, when you said yes to Jesus, when his grace met you, you still had some stuff you were working on? And yet he still welcomed you in, didn't he? How many of us all these years later, some of us we've been serving Jesus for a few months, a few years, a few decades, and we are still working on stuff. And he still receives us. His grace still is transforming us from the inside out. You see, Jesus didn't look at Levi and said, hey, Levi, I want you to be my disciple, but but let me give you this list of all the stuff you got to fix in order to be a part of my circle. Hey, sinners, hey, tax collectors, here's the deal. I'd love to share a meal with you, but before I let you in this place, you got to get some stuff together. No, Jesus understood the key to our transformation is not the individual's efforts to fix themselves, but it's going to be his grace active in their lives. Let us never forget, Jesus is not trying to reach perfect people. He's trying to reach people that he can perfect. Those are two different worlds. He didn't come to to simply reach people who are perfect or think they are perfect. He he came to reach people who understand, I I have a need. And in his grace, what does he do? He he begins to transform us and change us and perfect us. Jesus reached, he received. But third, I want you to notice what Jesus does, which just amazes me. Jesus, he reclined. Can you say reclined? Jesus, he he reclines. Jesus was comfortable in the reach. Notice Jesus' position. He's he's not wringing his hands going, oh man, I can't believe they showed up. No, Jesus is completely at ease. But not only is Jesus at ease, notice the position of the sinners and the tax collectors. They are reclining with Jesus as well. In other words, Jesus has a way to set even sinners at ease in his presence. They're drawn to him. They're, they're They're not anxious. They're not awkward. Does that mean he doesn't give them truth? No, he gives them truth, but he also provides the pathway to experience healing and wholeness. He reclined. I read this and I'm convicted. Why? Because it looks so different to me than than the awkward evangelism that sometimes we engage in. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been the recipient of awkward evangelism? Somebody looks at you and, you know, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, that his disciples were called to be the light of the world. And some... Christians, I, I believe, well-intentioned, they, they take that and, and we adjust it. Because instead of being a, a light to bring the illumination of who God is and the love of Jesus and the grace that's available for each and every one of us, they take that and they transform it and they decide, I'm going to be a laser pointer for Jesus. And we shine that, that light in people's eyeballs, blinding them from the ability to actually see the illumination of who Jesus is. 
So many Christians who get busy, and this is why there's so much skepticism about the church. There's so much skepticism about the way of Jesus. Why? Because Christians are people who still have issues, but we're busy shining laser beams in people's lives instead of allowing the light of Jesus to simply shine through us. This is radically different. Jesus, he's reclining at the table. I long for us as a community of followers of Jesus to be the type of people that no matter where people are from, no matter their background, no matter how much wreckage there is, that they would see the beauty of Jesus, but also that they would feel comfortable, not staying where they're at, but comfortable in the journey of allowing God to transform their lives. Jesus, he reclined. See, this reminds us that there's no one too risky for the reach of Jesus. There's no one. And if Jesus was going to play it safe, don't you think his, his plan would have been to go after the Pharisees? They already know the scriptures. The external, I mean, they, they got the outside stuff nailed. They look, they look good. But, but Jesus didn't come to, to limit his risk. He came knowing the risk, and he went after those that, that nobody else wanted. He came to seek and to save the lost. So he understood why he came. And today, with that in mind, listen, I, I want you to consider these two questions. Number one is this. Am I willing to trust the reach of Jesus? Are you willing to trust it. I think there's a lot of people, we, maybe we come week after week or we're, we're here today and somebody invited us and we like the idea of Jesus, but we look at ourselves and we go, well, I, I just don't know how God would want somebody like me. Tyler, I've done too much. Tyler, I'm not yet there. I'm working on me and eventually I'm going to get there. And friends, that's not the message of the gospel. The gospel isn't try harder, fix yourself, do more stuff. The message of the gospel is trust and rest in what Jesus has done for you. Because here's the beauty. When that takes root in your heart, God transforms you from the inside out. In other words, eventually your behavior catches up with your belief. That process is called sanctification. It's that journey with Jesus. Are you willing to trust his reach? You might look at yourself as too big of a risk. And I'm here to remind you today, you're not too big of a risk for Jesus. Will you trust the risk or trust the reach? The second question is this, though. Will I reach even when it requires risk? This is for those of us who are followers of Jesus. We, we've been on the journey with him. Because if we're not careful what happens, the, the reach comes to us and it stops with us. But I think we have to ask ourselves this question. Will I be an extension of his, re his reach even when it involves risk? Will I be the extension of that reach? Will I lean in to this moment? Will I lean in to this opportunity? Because something happens, friends, in our faith when we begin to share it. Paul writes these words in Philemon, verse six. 
He says this, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. In other words, there's something that comes alive inside of us, something that we begin to recognize every good thing we've been given in Christ when we don't just receive the reach of Jesus, but when we become a part of the extension of his reach. And listen, some of us, our faith has grown dull, it's grown dormant. Some of us, it's even dead as we've navigated the year behind us. And if you want to experience a new vibrancy, a new life, begin to share what God has given you. Begin to share your faith. Go on mission with Jesus. Why does that matter? It matters because of this. Jesus, he not only saves sinners, he loves sinners. And this is where we, for those of us who have found Jesus, or more specifically, Jesus found us, we can't lose sight of this. Because for some of us, we, we get this concept, God loves people who have everything buttoned down. But no, many of us, we put to memory this scripture called John 3.16, and it says this, God so loved the world. Yeah. Guess who resides in the world? Sinners. Sinners. Again, some of us, we, we don't like that word. It, it feels like it, it carries condemnation with it. But no, 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 it, it doesn't. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Love this. Paul says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone, can you say Everyone. Everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You want to know why Jesus came? To save sinners. Sinners like me. Sinners like us. Tyler, don't you dare call me a sinner. Okay, sinners like everybody else sitting around you then. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, went on assignment to bring the gospel, the good news, to the Gentiles. In other words, everybody who was not born a Jew. And this same Paul, he says, you need to accept this statement. Christ came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul says this, and I am the worst of them all. Paul, if that's true about you, then what does that make me? Because I've never been imprisoned for my faith. I've never been whipped for my faith. I've never been beaten for my faith. I've never been on the run for my life because of my faith. And yet this is the journey of the Apostle Paul. And Paul is saying, listen, all of that dynamic, Christ came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them all. He goes on, he says, but God had mercy. Can you say mercy? But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst. Church, is there room in our lives? Is there room in our circle, even for those that we would say, Tyler, it's too risky. Paul says, even my life is an example 
to those who would feel like they're the worst. Why? Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. See, Paul understood this fact that before he became Paul, he was Saul. He was standing there as, as Stephen, the first martyr, the first person put to death for their faith in Jesus. Paul was standing there as the, the air exited his lungs. And Paul now is trying to stand up and preach this hope that's in Jesus, knowing what he had done, knowing who he had been. And he said, listen, I'm the worst, but, but that's an example. It's not a limitation. It's a message to the world around me. See, what keeps us from being a part of the reach? What keeps us from, from risking? I think some of us, we, we say, well, Tyler, that, that, that's not my job. That's not my responsibility. That's not my personality. I, I don't know enough yet to be a part of that reach. And I want to remind you, friends, there's always risk involved with reach. But I think it's important to be reminded today of the good news. You don't have to be the physician. I don't have to be the physician. Our, our job is not to fix people. Our job is to get people in the presence of the one who can fix them. See, it's not my job to cure people. My job is to get them in the presence of the one who is the cure. There's always a level of risk involved with trying to reach. But understand, listen, we respond with the reach of Jesus. In the world around us right now, friends, they need hope. They need healing. They need what only Jesus can provide. One of my earliest memories of ever being lost was when I was just a little guy. My dad and my uncle, they were painting a, a big building downtown. My cousin and I were there and we were hanging out and we decided to go explore a little bit and we ended up out kind of in this fire exit where the stairwell was kind of going up and down the building and different doors and we're out there playing, not really paying attention and, and pretty soon we go to find out where our dads are working and the door is locked. So we go up to another flight of stairs and that door is locked. And, and all of a sudden that, that energy to try to find where our dads are working, we, we get more and more nervous. And I'm getting more and more frantic. I can, I can remember the feeling of knowing that, that I was lost. After some time, we found a door that opened up and we're clearly not on the right floor and, and we're kind of beginning to cry and wonder how are we gonna get back? And, there was a gentleman who saw us and he said, hey guys, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? And so we're, we're looking for our dads. They're, they're working, they're painting and we don't know where they are. We don't know how to get back. And he said, you're looking for some guys painting. I said, yeah. He said, follow me. He took us and he opened up the elevator and helped us get in the elevator and he hit a button. And I remember the feeling when the doors opened up and we looked out and we saw our dads working and just running. And listen, for that individual, what, what, what would my life look like? What would that moment have turned out to be if somebody wasn't willing to be inconvenienced? If he wasn't willing, maybe he had his own responsibilities, stuff he could have been working on, but, but the fact that he was willing to be inconvenienced to, to look and say, hey, guess what? What you're looking for, I know how to help you get there. Let me help you out. 
And friends, that is our assignment. Why? Because we have to ask this question, if we don't reach, who is going to be missing? Who's missing out on the hope that we have? Who's missing out on the grace that has transformed our lives? It matters why, because eternity is at stake. It matters, it matters. And listen, here we are, we're, we're literally a few days from Easter. Church, will we be involved in, in reaching and risking? Why? Because hearts are open in this season. Are we willing to be a part of that? Are we willing to lean in? Today, listen, I'd love for you to grab your smartphone if you have it. For those who are watching online, the team's gonna put a link up. And I want us to talk about a couple of next steps today. And you can join me in this, it'll take you five seconds. And if you're in the room today, you can actually grab your smartphone if you don't have the Life Center app, scan the QR code and that website will pop right up. You can join with us, it'll take you five seconds. Two next steps is this. Number one, maybe today is your day to say yes to the reach of Jesus. Say yes to the reach of Jesus. Maybe you've spent months or even years convincing yourself, I don't know if I'm worthy of his reach. And friends, it's never been about your worth. It's been about the work that he's already done for you. And so today, maybe you have to come to that place to say, okay, I'm gonna stop trying to just fix myself. I'm gonna rest in the one who can save me and transform me from the inside out. Maybe that's your next step. Here's the second next step, and it's this. Over the next number of weeks, let's reach and let's risk as we move towards Easter. There's something about this season in our nation where people's hearts tend to be open to Jesus during the Easter season. And I wanna encourage us, let's not miss this opportunity. People are looking for hope. People are looking for healing. Will we be a part of what Jesus wants to do? Will we reach? Will we risk? Today, can I invite you to stand to your feet all across this room? For those who are watching online at home, would you stand as well? I wanna take a moment and pray over you. Because in a moment, we're gonna be sent from this moment. We say it often, we don't just go to church, we are the church. We're gonna be sent as the church to help people know Jesus and to make Jesus known. It's why we do what we do as Life Center. And so today, would you join me in a word of prayer? Jesus, thank you. Lord, thank you for your reach in our lives. God, the, the mess, the brokenness, the baggage that we all carry, you looked at us and knowing the risk, knowing that some would ignore it, some would say no, some would choose to go their own path. Lord, you still came, you gave your life, knowing that some would reach out and take a hold of your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for your reach in our lives. And I pray that we would be an extension of that reach to others. Today, maybe it's your desire to say yes to the reach of Jesus. You wanna know that your sin is forgiven. You want a fresh start with God. Maybe you've spent too many days, too many months, too many years convincing yourself that God would never want somebody like you. Can I tell you, this moment is your moment. He looks at you, he loves you. And he wants to transform your life. 
you want to say yes to his reach today, would you say this simple prayer with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who are making that decision? So I want to say thank you so much for being with us this weekend at Life Center. Let's go on assignment this week. Let's reach people. Amen. Have a great week.